another edition of the AV Podcast. Anthony V. Hill with you. Going to preview the Super Bowl, plus talk about the Farmers Insurance Open, and do a tribute to Kobe Bryant. And we'll begin with that Super Bowl preview. Of course, the Super Bowl coming up this Sunday, the 49ers and Chiefs, and it should be a good one. Both teams playing well. Of course, they've played well all season, especially now in the playoffs. And we'll start with Kansas City. And, of course, they're ending a 50-year drought without a Super Bowl appearance. And what a scene that was during the AFC Championship game. Of course, the Lamar Hunt trophy, Clark Hunt, his son, receiving the trophy. Of course, the that Lamar Hunt founding the AFC. And uh, just a special moment there in Kansas City when they beat the Tennessee Titans to advance to the Super Bowl but again they're ending a 50-year drought and Kansas City they are currently a one-point favorite right now it opened up as a one and a half point favorite but still a one-point favorite so people think it's going to be a close game and it it more than likely will be as the Kansas City Chiefs they are six and oh and one against the spread in their last five games as an underdog as for the 49ers, well, they're 5-0 and against the spread in their last five games, also as an underdog. So, um, you know, if you're an underdog, which in this case the San Francisco 49ers are, well, they haven't lost when they've been in that situation. So both teams playing well when uh, not a lot of people are giving them a chance to win or an underdog for that case um, in their last five games. So uh, interesting matchup there. As the Chiefs, of course, come in with that high-powered offense and an offense that has gotten better throughout the season. It really wasn't performing as high-powered as it was last year, earlier this season. Of course, there was some injuries on the offensive side of the ball. And then, of course, with Patrick Mahomes missing a few weeks with that dislocated kneecap that he suffered in Denver, it looked like their season was done. Uh, But it thankfully wasn't as... Uh, severe of an injury as we could or what could have been and so you know as the season went on second half of the season going into November and December they started clicking they started playing more and of course you know Patrick Mahomes, Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, LaShawn McCoy, um, Mikael Hardman the rookie who's played really well this year so uh, a lot of offensive weapons and again they've continued that during the playoffs as they have scored 88 points in their two playoff games while overcoming double-digit deficits in both games. As you remember, uh, they were down significantly to the Texans at home, 24-0 as a matter of fact. And then the Chiefs turned things around very quickly as they scored 41 unanswered points. And then you take the game against the Titans... For the AFC Championship game, they were down 10 points twice in the first half. And uh, so a team that has faced adversity, not only in the regular season, but in the postseason, and especially that first game against the Texans where you're down 24 nothing, and how do you come back? And, it, you know, you got to continue to stick with the game plan, although their game plan is, is throwing the football, so you really don't have to set up that run game like other teams do. And uh, we know we saw how quick the Kansas City Chiefs can score, and as a result, that sort of gives a little bit of confidence 
to that defense. Uh, they got some three and outs and helped get that offense back on the field. And that's what's been that's been the case this postseason in both games, but especially so against the Texans in the divisional round. So we'll see if they can continue to do that. They're going to have a tough test going up against that number one defense in the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, but Patrick Mahomes, he has played well in the postseason. 46 of 70, 615 yards, eight touchdowns, and 100 and 106 rushing yards in those two games so uh you know he has extended plays for quite some time uh he can roll out of the pocket and he can beat you with his legs so uh he's an absolute absolute dual threat not only with his arm uh but again if the coverage is is good uh he can roll out of the pocket and beat you with his legs and uh for being a big quarterback he can run pretty good as he had some pretty good runs against the titans and Again, that's a, a great matchup going up against that 49ers defense. It's the 49ers defense. They're fast. They're physical. They they're disciplined. They stay home. Um, so, an, a fascinating matchup. You know, how do they defend Patrick Mahomes? How do they try to cover Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey? We saw the Texans. They at times look confused. Are we going to double team Kelsey? Are we going to double team Hill? And uh, you know, it just depended on the play. One play they would double team Kelsey. The other team, or the other time, it would be Hill. Uh, and then with the Titans, we saw a similar game plan that the Texans did, and I thought they would double team Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill more than what they did. And so we'll see what Robert Sella, the defensive coordinator of the San Francisco 49ers, dials up. Uh, but you know it's going to be a great game plan going up against that high-powered offense. And again, we know they don't like to run the football. Andy Reid is not known for running the football. Certainly the Kansas City Chiefs aren't known for running the football. Uh, they like to pass it. They're going to pass it. And, you know, they everyone knows they're going to pass it and try to beat them. And so they're going to have a real test talking about Robert Sala and that 49ers defense. And speaking of that defense, uh, they're going to have to play well against that offense. And San Francisco, uh, really the complete opposite of the Kansas City Chiefs offensively, where San Francisco likes to run the ball first, and then it sets up that passing game, sets up the play action, and uh, we know what they can do running the football, especially in the NFC Championship game, as Raheem Moster had a career game, 29 carries, 220 yards, four touchdowns, and 285 total yards in that game against the Green Bay Packers. And so we'll see if they'll continue to run with him. Uh, again, they like to run the ball first, and then that sets up the play action uh, for Jimmy Garoppolo to go down the field and you know find George Kittle and Emmanuel Sanders, Debo Samuel, uh, a great talent on the offensive side of the ball. And again, rely on that defense because the defense – uh, has looked good. It looked good, especially early on in the season. And then as the second half season got underway, some injuries that happened in the secondary uh, maybe got exposed a little when you had the backups uh, playing a lot for the 49ers. But uh, boy, that bye week helped them big time. And they have looked really good in their two playoff games this postseason and a lot of people talking about Jimmy Garoppolo and the game that he had against 
the Green Bay Packers as, you know, again, they didn't pass the ball that often. They ran the ball a lot. And a lot of people are saying that he needs to do more in order for the 49ers to win the Super Bowl. And I don't know if that's necessarily true because the 49ers have won in a multitude of ways this season. You take the game in New Orleans, which was an absolute shootout, and Jimmy Garoppolo played really well in that game. And then again, you take the championship game uh, where they ran the football and they ran it a lot. So again, I think Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, people are, are skeptical of can he win the big games? Uh, we've seen that he has he has been able to do that, right? He, I mean, he's in the Super Bowl, for crying out loud, uh, but he has played well against San Francisco, both San Francisco games, the game against New Orleans, uh, Green Bay during the regular season and the championship game. So um, I think he absolutely has proved himself that he is a franchise quarterback and that he can win big-time games, and he can make the throws when they are needed the most during games. And so, again, this whole narrative that he has to do more in order for the 49ers to win the Super Bowl, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that because, again, we just don't know what their game plan is going to be. Are they going to run the football? Are they going to mix things up, go 50-50, run pass? Um, I would certainly think with Kyle Shanahan, uh, he's probably going to run the football more uh, than pass it like he did in the NFC Championship game coming up for the Super Bowl. But uh, we'll see how the Kansas City Chiefs play defensively. Um, and so when you set up that run game, the linebackers come in, the corners maybe cheat a little, the safeties do as well, and then all of a sudden you find an opening in the secondary, and then it, keep, it keeps that defense honest, it keeps uh, the corners engaged with the receivers they're covering and it keeps the linebackers honest as well and again the 49ers do a great job with Kyle Shanahan there's a lot of window dressing they do a lot of motions a lot of misdirection a lot of reverses uh, that the defense for the Kansas City Chiefs they have to stay honest um, and play honest football or else they're going to get beat big time Um, you know when when they dial up these these trickery plays and and just all these motions and you don't know who's getting the ball where the play is going uh and again they run several plays out of the same formation so one play it may be a, a run uh play and then the next you know few plays later same formation oh all of a sudden they're going to pass the ball so uh you know Kyle Shanahan is a great offensive mind and uh, I'm sure he's going to do whatever he can to keep that defense honest, keep it on its heels, and uh, certainly keep those linebackers in check as far as whether to play the run or to play the pass. So it should be a good one, good Super Bowl. Uh, I like San Francisco to win it. I Again, I still believe in the old cliche that defense wins championships. You take a look at these two defenses. Obviously, San Francisco is the better defense out of the two. And so I am riding with the San Francisco 49ers. I know what Patrick Mahomes and that offense is capable of doing. We've seen them do it in this postseason. We've seen them come down from 24 points. Uh, but this defense of San Francisco is, is again, I, as I mentioned earlier, they are fast, they are disciplined, um, and they can get to the quarterback and, and make uh, the quarterbacks uh, day long. And so I just like San Francisco. I like I like the defense, and I think that defense, um, again, everyone likes the offense. Everyone likes to see points. 
Uh, we like to see how Patrick Mahomes plays, uh, the magic that he creates game in and game out. But it just seems like every single year, it always comes down to defense during the Super Bowl. And, you know, you, there's several examples you can look back on. Uh, so I, I like San Francisco. I think uh, defensively they're going to come up with a great game plan to slow down that Kansas City offense. I don't think you can necessarily stop, completely stop that offense uh, because they've got too many weapons. Uh, but I think what you can do is you can slow them down, and I think that's what they're going to do. So we'll see. It should be a great matchup coming up here this Sunday. Okay, and then this weekend it was the Farmers Insurance Open out in San Diego, really the first uh, telecast golf tournament of the year. And it was a good one out in San Diego as Mark Leishman won it 15 under par, and he had a pretty good weekend shooting 68-65 over the course of the weekend to win by one over John Rahm, who finished at 14 under. And Rahm played well Saturday. Uh, 65 is what he shot, and he really drove the ball well. He putted well. Really, all aspects of his game uh, were looking really good. But then Sunday, he struggled right out of the gate, shooting 70, and he had two bogeys and a double in the first five holes. And then, you know, he made the turn on the back nine. He made a good comeback, uh, shooting five under on the back nine, but it wasn't quite enough to catch Mark Leishman as Brant Snedeker and Rory McIlroy in a tie for third at 12 under. And again, like uh, Rom, McIlroy got off to a terrible start during the final round as he had three bogeys in his first four holes. So uh, a little bit of a surprise by Rom and McIlroy because they looked so good on Sunday. Um, it seemed like these two, one of these two were going to win the tournament. And McIlroy was driving the ball so well on on Saturday. We know how high-powered he is, and he can hit the ball a mile. Um, and he has met with he met with Brad Faxon over the offseason uh, to work on his putting because in the past, McElroy would stand over the putts. He would, didn't look a lot very comfortable uh, when he was putting the ball, but uh, it seemed like the work has done pretty well with Brad Faxon as he you know steps right up and he, he gets right to the to the putt. So... Uh, again, it was it was a little bit of a surprise to see both McElroy and Rom get off to such a, a bad start uh, to begin their final round. And again, you wouldn't have believed that Sunday after Sunday's third round or Saturday's third round because again, both players were hitting the ball extremely well and both were putting the ball really well. And then uh, they come out Sunday afternoon and just could not find the fairway and uh, wasn't enough comeback on the back nine as uh, McElroy he had a chance if he were to win he would have taken over that number one spot from Brooks Kepka as the number one player in the world so right now Kepka still has that title as being the number one player in the world uh, but McElroy certainly would expect him to get a couple wins this season we'll see if he can win a major it's been since 2014 since he last won a major and you know, when he won those majors, he won them really quickly, four majors. And you think, oh boy, is this, can he catch Jack Nicklaus at 18 majors? And it certainly looked like it because when he's on, he's on. And he's on, it doesn't look like he can be beaten. And uh, 
You know, he has come close a couple times back in 2018 at the Masters in the final pairing with Patrick Reed. I thought, well, this is really his golden opportunity to complete the career Grand Slam and uh, not able to do so. And he has played well in majors, uh, but I know that he would like to continue to get a couple more major titles under his name. Uh, he's win- He's won practically just about everything else, right? He won the, the FedEx Cup last year. Uh, he's won WGC events. He's won the Players' Championship. Uh, you know, he's won the PGA, the U.S. Open, the Open. Uh, just missing the Masters uh, to complete the career Grand Slam. So he is getting up there in age. He's all of a sudden in his 30s. And you got to wonder, well, is his time running out as far as trying to close out that career Grand Slam? But uh, the way he can hit the ball, uh, again, like I said, he can hit the ball a mile. Uh, what typically hinders him is his putting. And so by working on his putting game with Brad Faxon, one of the best putters in all of golf, I think that could really help him this season. We'll see if he can complete that career Grand Slam here in a couple months now, actually, down in Augusta, Georgia for the Masters. But next week on tour, it's the Waste Management Phoenix Open. And, of course, always a great scene down there in Phoenix as uh, uh, one of the most uh, loud golf tournaments all season long. So looking forward to that one coming up next week on tour. Okay, and then the the news of the weekend, of course, uh, the passing of Kobe Bryant as he was among nine dead in a helicopter crash that happened on Sunday morning. And his daughter was killed as well as they were uh, in his private helicopter, headed to a basketball game that he was coaching. And, uh, you know, the weather conditions weren't the greatest. There was some fog in the area, and that may have contributed to the crash. But uh, just a horrible, a horrible scene, a horrible thing. And, uh, you know, he will go down, of course, as one of the greatest NBA players there ever was. And, of course, from the time he entered the NBA at the age of 18, the awards just piled up. A five-time NBA champion, 18-time NBA All-Star, as well as a 1997 slam dunk champion. He had, of course, that famous game, 81 points against the Raptors, the second most points scored in an NBA game. Uh, Of course, all 20 seasons with the Los Angeles Lakers, and that's the most seasons with one NBA team. 12 all-defensive team selections, 9 first-team selections, 12 three-pointers versus Seattle. That was the most in a game, still is true to this day. A two-time NBA Finals MVP in 2009 as well as 2010. A two-time Olympic gold medalist, 2008 and 2012. And, of course, he has had both of his jerseys retired by the Los Angeles Lakers, number 8 and number 24. And, uh... His work out off the court, uh, getting rewarded as well, won an Academy Award for Best Animated Short Film in 2018 called Dear Basketball, and just 41 years old, and, you know, he was just beginning to live his life outside of basketball, and we saw him with his daughter uh, really building that relationship around the game of basketball, and gave so much to the community, um, and, you know, you, we saw a lot of tributes across the NBA, several games that took place on Sunday. 
you know, they're moving tributes, taking a 24 shot clock violation, uh, an eight second violate backcourt violation, uh, just to just to honor Kobe Bryant. You know, just a little something that they can do to honor uh, one of the greatest NBA players there was. And it wasn't only in in the NBA, but it was with celebrities, uh, other athletes. We saw it on the Grammys as well. Of course, it was in Staples Center. And uh, a great tribute all across, and and just a shocking, uh, de- and devastating event that happened. And uh, boy, you just feel you feel for the family, um, as he touched uh, touched many people uh, in the game of NBA, not only in Los Angeles or in the United States, but around the globe. Uh, we know how the NBA is such a a wa- worldwide uh, sport the popularity of the NBA, and he certainly uh, was the face of the NBA for quite some time as, uh, of course, the final game of his career went out and uh, made 60 points in that game. And, uh, boy, it's just a a tragic event, and uh, I know a lot of people are uh, sad about the event or hurting from the event. It's a a tragedy. There's no question about that, but uh, he was an excellent basketball player you can make the argument of a top five even higher uh, NBA player of all time and uh, he certainly will be missed as again boy he was he was young he was only 41 years old and uh, just a horrible loss so uh, the NBA he'll he'll always be remembered for uh, being one of the greatest NBA players and uh, he'll he'll certainly be missed by a lot of people uh, in the game of of the NBA and uh, other athletes and uh, fans especially. So uh, a tough loss to Kobe Bryant, but uh, boy, he he gave us a lot of memories during his 20 years with the Los Angeles Lakers. Okay, that'll do it for this week's podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Anthony Vigil. This has been the AP Podcast.